Hi there. Thank you for connecting with me and subscribing to the Living the Sky Life podcast. I'm a very tired and oftentimes overwhelmed autism warrior mom who has navigated the ups and downs of this puzzling disorder for 16 years and counting. My hope when creating this podcast was that it would serve as a vessel for connecting families with special needs children so we may share experiences and resources. But even more importantly, I want to create a community of support for one another through the tough times, which we know there can be many, and to celebrate the achievement of milestones, big and small, of our amazing kids. So thanks again for joining me on this journey and for tuning in for this episode of Living the Sky Life. My guest today on Living the Sky Life is Amy Schindler. Amy leads a full life and appreciates each role she's been blessed with. Wife of 22 years to Ed, mom of three teenagers, Bryce, Brayden, and Kendall, entrepreneur of her business Touchstone Crystal for 15 years, and being an autism advocate for Brayden. Amy keeps her family at the forefront of her life and always focuses on living for today. She is also the PTO president, assists with the local United Sports Program, and started the Best Buddies chapter at her children's high school. So please enjoy my conversation with Amy Schindler. Today's guest on the podcast, I'm so excited about. Um, one of my really good friends uh, made the introduction to me with this phenomenal mom, and I'm so glad she did. Um, Amy Schindler is my guest today, and she is a huge advocate for her son. Um, she's a very optimistic and inspiring mom who has really big dreams for her son, Brayden, who uh, just turned 18. And we're going to get into all the things that are going on in her life. So Amy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I, you know, it's been 18 years, so <laughs> there's a lot that's going on from your diagnosis day until present day. Um, can you just give us a little sample of your diagnosis story for Brayden and just kind of how all that came to be and, you know, kind of where he is now through his development up to age 18? Absolutely. So one thing to know is I had three children pretty much back to back within two <laughs> years of each other. So I went through every stage very well. And I remember every one of them because I did them back to back, back to back and back to back. So Braden was in preschool. And um, I remember asking the pediatrician prior to him turning two, if he thought he had a speech delay. And a lot of his milestones were all normal up until that point, and they weren't, they didn't seem to be too overly concerned. So time went on a little bit longer. We were at preschool, and I remember the preschool director asking me a little bit about if I was concerned with his development and his speech, which was really, um, it caught me quickly because it was something that I was concerned with, but also being a fairly new mom and young, I wasn't sure if I was maybe being paranoid or just looking for something that wasn't there. Now, fast forward, anytime you think that there's something to be concerned with, definitely exercise every opportunity. So they quickly called in first steps into the school and they actually did his assessment at the school. And they quickly found out that he did have a developmental delay and that he had a speech delay as well. He really couldn't do, which I didn't really even know. I've learned so much 
from now till so much from then until now. I always tell people instead of teaching people how to have a baby when they go to the hospital, I wish they would teach people early development things to do with their children, like tummy time and just how to talk to them so that they're they're thinking through things. I I learned I learned just as much as he did. So I found out that he couldn't develop he couldn't really follow directions even like a six to nine month old but that he knew every letter in the alphabet and every sound that it made which was over a 36 month development thing so he had very sporadic learning yes so of course they had to kind of explain that to me so that i really understood that it was sporadic and what that meant so he quickly went right into first steps he was in a week and he also then added Uh, He had three therapists, a developmental therapist, a speech therapist, and an occupational therapist. Mm -hmm. I will tell you they were all three phenomenal, but there's just something about the occupational therapist that I still to this day am just so intrigued with what they do and how it quickly made such a difference for Brayden. So we weren't in first steps for very long because he was probably got into their system right about two and a half. They're only in that system until they're three. So our three therapists really tried to work hard to work on their own um, plan and not to diagnose him specifically, but to really kind of understand him. And they didn't, they wanted to talk with each other, but they also wanted to make sure that each one of them was seeing what they saw without being persuaded. So prior to Braden turning three and going to have his evaluation through the school system, they sat me down. And they said, we want to talk to you before you go to this meeting. And I said, okay. And so I, you kind of prepare yourself because it wasn't something I was expecting. All of this was new, but I really wasn't expecting somebody to sit me down. And they said, has anyone talked to you about Braden, Braden possibly being autistic? And I said, no. And honestly, the only thing I even had to connect with that was the movie Rain Man. Oh, yeah. I, I was, right? <laughs> I never was really around anyone who had it. I didn't know anyone who was closely connected to it, not in my family, in my friends group, and I have a large circle of friends. Boy, can I say how, and it was like tornadoes in your brain. You're trying to process, not panic. I'm a take it and run with it kind of person so I'm trying to digest it as quickly as I can and go what can I do to fix it and that's kind of how I tackle pretty much anything um but 100% that is exactly what I have done since the second I've heard this diagnosis for him so for my husband who was not there during the any either of the assessments um when we went through it, he panicked. I always kind of compare it to husbands are excited when they find out you're pregnant, but it doesn't really connect and seem real until they see an ultrasound picture because they have something to see. Right. Women are so be- so much better at feeling and gut feelings. And you know, if your baby's crying, they will try every single thing to figure it out. And eventually they're like, oh, that's a hunger cry or, oh, that that's a hurt cry. Mm -hmm. And not that dads can't do it. I just think it's so 
instinct for women. So autism, you can't see it, right? It's, <laughs> if, it, if only it was like a cut and he was bleeding, my husband could have handled that and he could have fixed it. And so he kind of digressed. Like he just, you could see him completely be overwhelmed and not know what to say and immediately thought of the future. Is he gonna get married? Is he gonna drive a car? Is he gonna go to college? Is he gonna graduate? And I said, stop, don't go there. If we worry about today and we dive into what we're doing today and we give him everything we have, later will come. So we go into the IE or the assessment at the school and we weren't in the room five minutes. And they said, has anyone talked to you about him being autistic? And they immediately started to assess him for that. So I'm so incredibly thankful for these three therapists who I am still connected to um, today. Uh, we don't talk frequently, but I am friends with them on Facebook. Mm -hmm. They follow him. Um, they just truly have become great friends and great resources, really. So that's kind of his diagnosis getting us started. Um, moving forward in life, um, like I said, we try to handle things and grab it and go. I became a business owner not long after Brayden, I think it was not long after Brayden was diagnosed. I obviously then had a third child and um, got into the direct sales business really because I was the mom who needed to put on my makeup and have an excuse to walk out of my house <laughs> and not feel guilty. And um, someone asked me to do it and I just told her no. And I thought, wait a second, there's your opportunity. And little did I know that that was going to give me this amazing opportunity to walk out of my house and press the reset button. But it really gave my kids the reset button that they could Absolutely. survive without me, right? Like we need to know that. We don't have to be everything all the time. However, as moms, that's what we do. So um, moving forward, I'm trying to think why I brought up my business and why, how we got here. Well, and Brayden's <laughs> the oldest, right? So because Brayden's, Brayden's actually, he's the middle. Oh, he he Bryce middle is son. the oldest. Okay. Yes. So um, they will soon be 16, 18, and 20 by the middle of August. So oh they, they really are stair-stepped. <laughs> so, so let me ask you just about that. Yeah. You know, with Bryce being um, older and um, yes. obviously, I'm assuming going through all the, the milestones and the just everything, you know, by age two when Braden came along, um, mm -hmm. did you notice early on, I know you mentioned some of the things that um, why First Steps was brought in, but um, was it glaringly obvious to you with Braden um, after having gone through everything with Bryce that was quote unquote normal? Um, and then to have Kendall after that and then seeing that she was developing the way that Bryce did. Um, I mean, is it a probably more afterthought seeing Kendall? You probably noticed a lot more things that came to your mind like, oh yeah, Braden didn't do that <laughs> or whatever. Right. So it, it's actually interesting that you asked this question because with Bryce, you know, all his milestones were normal. He also went to preschool. They all went to the same preschool. And the funny part is if someone knows me, I love to talk. And all three of my children had speech therapy. 
so Bryce, <laughs> even though he's smart as a whip and was very intelligent and they wanted him to actually start school because he is right on the cutoff and they wanted me to test him in early. And I said, he's not ready because mostly because of the speech, he was intellectually ready, but he wasn't socially ready. And then with the speech at that given moment, I just knew it would be better for him to wait. So he was going through speech. So yes, I'd say that it did definitely help me gauge. Had he been first, I'm not sure that I would have asked the pediatrician. So then when Kendall came along, even though she also had speech, everything was really on point moving forward as they were growing up. I think Brayden is incredibly lucky to have an older sibling close and a younger sibling close because he got to watch what was going on ahead of him. But Kendall, and still to this day, pushes him just like I I do. So I would hear her say, look at me when I talk to you. Little mom. To get <laughs> yes. And um, we bought a dollhouse. One of the things that the therapist was doing was, you know, would get a doll and say, oh, mommy's tired and walk the mommy into the bed to kind of walk him through things for him to learn. So we bought a dollhouse. So I just felt like it made more sense that the dollhouse was maybe placed in Kendall's room rather than Brayden's room. (laughs) But she also, it it was funny what she picked up because she was there and she would hear the things that we were doing or that the therapists were doing. And so she was doing certain things. And I honestly think Kendall was the person who really got Brayden to do imaginary play, which is very difficult for autistic children. Mm-hmm. So she became a, a driving force, I think, for him. Um, Kendall still to this day holds him to a very high level. She wants him to be disciplined just like her. <laughs> and she wants him to follow every single rule just like she does. Yeah. And we do hold him pretty high, but she has to, I have to teach her every day that even though the level is there, how I do it is very different because she wants to chime in and it really overstimulates him. And he looks at her and thinks, why are you telling me this? Because you're not my mom or my dad and you're younger than me. (laughs) So (laughs) that's kind of um, how their part really has played into him growing up. And then fast forward to high school or even middle school, Brayden's friends were Bryce's friends, and we are incredibly blessed that his friends have been so welcoming, and they want to be Brayden's friend, and he was ready to move on to high school because he wanted to go to high school with his friends because Bryce was ahead of him, Mm -hmm. so his friends were Bryce's friends, so he was really excited, and I think that it's created a Braden can hold his own, but he is in a world where people know him and then those people are introducing him to other people. And he is a light to a lot of these kids. Um, just being able to understand who he is, but they want to be his friend. And it's just amazing to sit back and watch how inclusive uh, our kids are in our community. So 
I, I it's a good segue because I want to talk about the um the best buddies program that you started yeah. at Floyd Central. Um, I I mean I've heard of similar programs in, in other communities um in other states like this, but um is it the relationship that your both of your boys have with you know just each other's friends and and how welcoming and inclusive um all the kids are that kind of gave you the idea to start that program um you know and can you tell us a little bit about it yes so i would say the first thing um is watching your child i i've always been involved um because i think that's kind of where i was going with with my business was the fact that my business gave me this opportunity to always keep my family my kids but especially brayden because i was his advocate at the forefront Mm -hmm. So it gave me the ability to go into the school. So even at an early age, after kindergarten, once he really got to understand he had to sit in the seat, he wasn't leaving with me. It gave me this ability to really stop in the school. I did the, I did the special needs parties. I wasn't really just Braden's mom. I was the special needs mom. Aww. And it, it honestly has been when I look back and I would just take in donuts and milk and they're going, Brayden's mom's here. And he's going, Hey mom, you know, because <laughs> he's so used to me being here. And, and it just really kind of made me think, Oh my gosh, you know, if I, if I weren't here, would they have a party? I know the teachers would have done it, but the teachers do so much for these kids. I, I have such a, high respect for anyone who is a special needs teacher, therapist, anything involved in what would push our kids forward. So when I started to go into the middle school, because I was very scared, that's a scary world to send your special needs child into middle school nonetheless. And I would volunteer on typically Fridays and you would, I would walk in and he kind of would walk in front of me. And so I would watch and all of a sudden it's, Give me nuts, Brayden. Hey, hot Bob, Brayden. Hey, can I have a hug? Good morning, Brayden. I was like, dang, he's like a rock star up in here. <laughs> he's the mayor of that middle school. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go into high school. You kind of, once again, right? Like each teacher, each grade, while it was good and new, it was nerd. I was nervous because I knew what was working. And, but new always brings new challenges and new things for them to learn and, and overcome. So nervous, but anxious. He was so excited. People were so incredibly good to him. So when you go into the local pizza place and it's, he and I went in and the girl waved and of course I waved back. And then I quickly realized she wasn't waving at me. She was waving at Brayden. And he went on into the restroom and she leaned over the counter and she said, is that your son? And I said, yes, it sure is. She said, he is seriously the most popular person at the high school. It really gives you, I mean, it, it makes you want to cry because. It's all you want for your kids, not oh to be popular, gosh. but I mean, to be well liked no be matter accepted. what. Yeah. Yes. And he truly, he truly is. So the same the same acceptance that he had at middle school, he has at high school, and it's honestly probably more. And I think that that also falls back partly on Bryce and partly on Kendall and myself. Um, Braden was so excited about going to school there. And I said, well, well when you're a high school student, we're going to go to 
football games and we're going to go to basketball games. So I remember us going to our first football game and he sat with me and he, he dressed the part, you know, they have themes. And so I dressed him in that, but he sat with me because I was nervous, right? I didn't know if I could send him into the student section. It's loud. There's, you know, they're having fun as they should. So I wasn't sure how it would handle, how he would handle it, but even the parents, Hey, Brayden, how's it going? They're coming to shake his hand. I mean, it's, it seriously is heartwarming to, to, I mean, I literally, wherever I go, I'm walking with a rock star at this point. So I'm known as Brayden's mom, not Amy at all. And, um, maybe homecoming during, king at this rate. I mean, I guess it's always possible. <laughs> so, um, he uh, came to the first game. It was good. We went to the second game and you could just kind of see his face. I said, Brayden, what's wrong? And he basically told me he wanted to sit with the cool kids. He didn't want to sit with me <laughs> in his own way. And so I texted Bryce and I said, would you be willing to put, bring your brother over and put him in the student section with you because they typically sit by grade. Yeah. However, I didn't, I didn't want Brayden to be in the back with people he didn't know and no one with him to kind of just at least keep their eye out that he didn't wander off. Mm -hmm. Bryce immediately without even thinking came out of that student section, walked over, grabbed his hand and walked him right back to that student section. And my phone blew up. Oh my gosh, I just saw Bryce come over and get Brayden and take him over there. That's so sweet. Parents are blowing my phone up and they're coming down and they're talking to me. And since that very moment, Brayden does not sit with me at any high school football game or basketball game. Well, that's so good parenting on your part, for sure. Um, I mean, honestly, it, it comes from the parents, regardless of your special needs child, you know, parenting him, your other kids. And I, I mean, I've said this before and I have so many other guests that have been on the podcast with older kids too. And we always talk about the importance of inclusion and the importance of families educating their kids yes. that people might be different, but you give everybody a chance. You treat everybody the same and include them and, you know, don't ostracize them from groups and, and whatever. And I mean, yes. Empathy is raised. I truly believe that you raise kids to be compassionate and kind that way. We, we really do try to, try to, I really try to sit back and think about the situation and try to make all of them a teaching moment. And we've had many along the way. Um, I can remember when all three of my kids went to the same elementary school, which really was the elementary school that Brayden, we selected Brayden to go to because of their special needs program. And I remember Bryce coming home that day and saying, I got to help a girl in a wheelchair go in the elevator. And I said, and he was so excited. And I said, Bryce, I'm so proud of you because she wants to be accepted and she wants to be your friend just like everybody else. And thank you for making her feel that way. And they learned along the way, not only through Brayden, but really through they got to know the kids in Brayden's classes and their families and some have siblings and some have older siblings to where they're not necessarily even living together. So they really get to see a lot and we really try to take, whether it's a meltdown with Brayden or something else and try to, I want to educate them um, because hopefully they'll eventually be 
and I see it already, an advocate to help other people understand if maybe they're out and they see something and they don't understand it's somebody who might be able to explain it to them mm-hmm. so that it helps them understand and not be quick to judge or say, oh my gosh, that's, I can remember going into Walmart when Braden was little and he would throw fits. And I look back now, it's bright lights, there's noises, the intercom, there's so many things going on. It's so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So to be able to explain that to people. So it, it, it's, it is really interesting and neat to see when you see your kids really start to learn. I mean, they're still learning, but they, once they really understand it and they're able to kind of um, do it, like I can only talk to so many people, right? So they're able to do more than myself. So with the, um, with the, the program in school, so do you have to be, can it, is it open to freshmen through senior year? And then do the kids just sign up to be a buddy or how, how do you connect people? I guess, are they one-to-one or, um, well, so I'll back you up a little bit on how we got there. Cause it was an interesting story. Um, we, my Kendall actually owns her own little side hustle making um, baked goods and just a way for her to make extra money. Mm-hmm. And it really started with her interest in being able to bake. And then we took cake decorating classes and then people kept saying, well, we want to order something. And I thought, well, we didn't start this so that we could sell goods. We were just doing it for something for her and I to do that was just about her. And quickly it kind of turned into something. So with that, she, I had a friend of mine who became a realtor and set up at an expo, a business expo, and asked her if she could make for cookies. So she did. And um, prior to that, my cousin had told me, because she lives in Carmel, Indiana, and she told me about a Best Buddies club that they have at their school. So I asked her some questions and I kind of, I took it in and then I kind of pushed it off to the side because we weren't there. So then when my friend called me, she said, oh my gosh, I met this lady today. She's the Best Buddies director of the state of India, uh, Kentucky. And she, I was telling her a little bit about Kendall and her story and tying Braden into it. And she was just, you know, so interested in hearing more about it. And immediately it was like, it went back up. And I said, can I have that lady's information? So I called her and I said, I know you're in the state of Kentucky, but she's here close because the state of Indiana is, is in um, Indiana, uh, Indianapolis. So she, I asked her a lot of questions and we're kind of in a unique situation because we're in Southern Indiana that we actually have the resource of both uh, Best Buddies of Kentucky and mm-hmm. Best Buddies of Indiana. So I asked a lot of questions, got some information, went to the school as I normally do and say, I have a great idea and I'm willing to help you do it. (laughs) (laughs) And they were very receptive to hear it. And we set up a meeting. So we set up a meeting with um, several of our administrators at our school specifically. And I told them that I would be the club facilitator you still have to have an administrator and a teacher facilitator and your IEP facilitator um, and a teacher facilitator all on board 
but they all quickly agreed um, because what was happening was our unified sports teams at the school, because Brayden and my kids are involved in those, they were doubling and tripling in size. And it wasn't because we had so many more students with special needs. We had so many students who wanted to be a part and wanted to help. And I thought, well, we have some of these students with special needs who aren't even involved and are missing this camaraderie. And then we also have, we're eventually going to have to turn people away. And I don't want to turn people away that want to help our children because they're learning from each other. So that's kind of how I've really addressed bringing that into the school. So last year was our very first year at Floyd Central. We had 83 students apply. That's awesome. We were floored. <laughs> and it has been an amazing year. We've learned a lot. We're continuing to learn. So there is one-on-one -on -one buddy pairs. So since our attendance and our enrollment was so high, we decided to use our juniors and seniors and interview them. And then our leadership team, our student leadership team, kind of was at the forefront so we could teach them uh, how to be leaders and learn. And they interviewed and they are also a lot of times mentors in our special needs classrooms at the school. So they get to see the interaction with students all day long. So it's a great perspective that I don't necessarily have. I, I do see it because I'm at the school some, but obviously I'm not there all day. So they helped really pair those together. And then of course we had a lot of buddies that didn't have one-on-one. -on -one. So what we really tried to do was switch that around so they got to know more kids mm -hmm. and learned. And we've just done really fun activities. We typically do one um, after school activity or hangout type of thing once a month. And then we do one outing once a month is what we've done this past year. And so that's kind of how it started. And we've already just seen just amazing friendships, trying to create a culture for a student with special needs who doesn't have that quote, normal high school friendship experience where they're going to the games and going to the movies and going and just hanging out with their friends, we're giving them something that they maybe would never have. That's so and cool. I love it. It is so cool. It is so incredibly neat to watch those relationships build and the smiles on the kids' faces. But I will tell you, while it is extremely beneficial for our students with special needs, I honestly think it is that much more rewarding for our peer buddies. I'm sure it sure. is. I'm definitely, I'm sure it is. You know, I, I saw um, on Facebook your posts about the fundraiser that you just did. And um, it was kind of cool too, because you, you know, some of your buddies are the star athletes and the, the kids that are, you know, well-known in school. Um, and they're the buddies of our kids with special needs. And I, I just think, like you said, it just makes them feel so included and just so in the mix and have the best high school experience they can have. Mm -hmm. So I, I love it. Love it. Now, does Braden, he, does he drive, does he have his license or his permit or will he get that or, or no? 
he does not have his permit or driver's license and I would I don't think he will ever get it I think for peace of mind for myself and I honestly think he knows that he's not going to get it he's made a couple of comments yeah about that so well I mean you know I'm sure he's got a lot of people a long list of people who will show for him around no problem (laughs) agreed and Kendall's already talking about it because she actually just got her permit just the last two weeks and she's excited to say you know I'll be able to take you know Bryce once he got his driver's license he drove right into school and home from school the days that he didn't work or have baseball practice and it it just kind of gives him that other sense of independence so i think he'll like that again you know we're not there yet yeah but i think you know i keep saying when i get my next new car brayden will go with me because brayden and i are going to be best friends for life and it will be our car, you know, so he will probably be a part of that process of which one do we pick. (laughs) I love that. I feel like our Kendalls should definitely meet. I mean, our our Kendalls are the same age. Um, They both love to bake. They both have special needs brothers who are two years older than them. Um, It's, it's insane, actually, (laughs) the connection that you and I have. I know it is. It is wild. Um, and I was just telling my Kendall the other day, um, she has was a competitive dancer for a really long time. And she decided that last year, or I don't know if it was due to Corona or what, but that was her last year. She didn't want to wow. dance anymore, which broke my heart. But we're trying to find other things to do together. Like you said, with one-on-one time, I just want to mm-hmm. make sure that she knows that everything in my life doesn't revolve around her brother and autism and you know that she yes. and I can do our one-on-one things without her brother being involved. And we talked about cake decorating classes and um, doing some, I don't even know if William Sonoma still does cooking classes, but going and doing things like that together. So um, maybe we'll have Kendall's creations, um, your, your daughter's business. Maybe she can teach us a few things. (laughs) Well, we have talked about very big visions for her potential business. If she continues to do it. And I've talked to her, I said, you know, I just, think big. And I told her, I said, you think later on, you can teach cake decorating classes. You could have the items in your store to sell the people who want to make it themselves. Some people don't, and they want to buy the finished product, but you could actually do all of those things. Mm-hmm. It's nice and having an place. entrepreneurial mom <laughs> to motivate her. <laughs> She's- she is definitely learning that is for sure so it's 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 kind of fun to see and it's really you know she's learning from my social media and just how i think and she's able to really kindle went from being our campaign walk manager which goes with our fundraising that we did this week to becoming our treasurer next year and she will also be our social media person to kind of help me take a little bit off of me and also to learn how to utilize those things to benefit and and also just spread awareness which is really our goal and inclusion mm-hmm. so um she was a big part of the fundraiser that we introduced literally just seven days ago yeah. and she was kind of the mastermind behind it and then Bryce and I kind of sat down with her and we made it she thought small 
and she came up with the initial, what if I asked someone to donate $20 and for every $20 that Braden can throw an egg at me? And I said, well, I know people would love to see that. (laughs) (laughs) They'd pay double to see that. (laughs) Absolutely. So um, that's kind of how it started. And then Bryce and I just kind of sat and I said, you know, we're number six in the state. Why can't we be number five? But we were $1,800 away from beating number five. So Bryce said, well, it has to be more than that. And I said, well, okay, let's do 2,500 because we have no idea if they're fundraising right now or not. Most people had done it prior to COVID. Right. So we thought big and we tied as many people as we could into it. And I'm proud to say we have not announced fully yet today. We set a $2,500 goal. And in between there, we introduced our new leaders and some other students who are involved in our unified sports, a couple people who aren't, but are just genuinely great friends to our students with special needs, as well as some teachers. And the $2,500 goal was to egg our principal, whom I called last Monday and asked if he would be a part of our fundraising efforts. And he 100% jumped right on board without a thought. And I said, now we have to raise that. And we raised $2,500. We were planning to do it in 14 days and we did it in three days. I was to say, it's probably an hour. <laughs> yeah. And, That's a big and, school. Um, so there's a lot of people. <laughs> it is. And I, you know, I tried to really help, help each person who was helping us along the way with what to share and how to share it. And so now we actually have another finale. We are going to be egging the principal in three days. However, we are also going to do something with our outgoing senior leadership team as well. So we have that kind of in the works and we're planning on putting that together to really kind of kick it off. However, our goal was $2,500 in 14 days and we have raised over $6,100 in seven days. Oh, that's so great, Amy. Congrats. So we have moved into number, the number one school in the state of Indiana. Yay. I love We're very, very job. happy. Mm-hmm. People are going to be reaching out to you to get tips now. Like you reached out. How are you so successful so fast in your first year? I oh. love it. That's so awesome. Well, in addition to egging his sister, you know, one of the things that Braden is passionate <laughs> about, I know you mentioned to me before that he loves the culinary arts and that he's in a VOED program at um, mm-hmm. our local, one of our local, um, I guess, is it a college program? I mean, he, does he get college credit really for that? You can actually get college credit. It's a vocational school. Um, so depending on what program, it could be um, college credits. It could also be, you know, our cosmetology program. They'll walk mm-hmm. out, if they do the full program, can walk out with a license um, after they take their tests. So there's a lot of opportunity there to walk out depending on what you're looking for. So, um, yeah. So, so does he have a specialty with his culinary arts that he loves so much? Um, certain things he likes to make or anything? Or is well, he just learning the basics right now? <laughs> Um, a lot of it is basics, but he's learned a lot this year. It's really neat to see how much he's learned and how much I can tell he stretched the teachers, which is a, a neat process as well. He also 
works closely with the counselor there and they have promoted him to assistant manager of the cafe in the morning. So he helps sell coffee and hot chocolate to the students prior to school starting. He's very proud of that. So he kind of started learning baking because we like to bake and obviously Kendall likes to bake as well. But during COVID, Brayden and I, I became a teacher. I will tell you that I never <laughs> want to be a teacher, but like I think- the rest having, of us. <laughs> I, right? I think by having a child with special needs, you've instantly become a teacher in some way, shape, or form for life. So we started to work in the kitchen, which luckily my husband is a, a very good cook. So between cooking and baking, we have a lot of opportunity. He would probably tell you now from moving from muffins, he really likes to make fettuccine Alfredo because we learned how to do that during COVID and it was very good. And Kendall said it was better than Olive Garden. Oh, I know. We learned how to make my great grandmother's dumpling recipe, which was amazing. And it turned out very well. So he's very eager to learn. So he made a lot of breakfast during COVID-19 and he is willing to really learn. So he, it took him a second to take me from mom to teacher, right? That's black and that's white for him. <laughs> so he had to really learn the difference and that I had to be the teacher because he couldn't go to school quickly. If I opened the door and said, Brayden, would you like to cook today? He was downstairs and he had his apron on. And so one thing that Brayden also really loves is Lego. Uh, I'm sorry, he loves Legos, but he loves Star Wars. So we have a Darth Vader apron and a Stormtrooper apron. So he had those on quick. <laughs> That's so funny. Now, when he's making stuff like fettuccine Alfredo or, or you know, kind of an extensive recipe, does he retain what he was learning or does he need to be shown a few times and then he's good? I mean, can he follow a recipe by himself if you made it with him once and then you handed him the recipe and had him do it at a different time by himself? Um, or would you still need to help? Uh, yeah. Okay. I think it would depend on the recipe. Yeah. You know, he can follow, you know, let's say you had a box of muffin mix. Mm -hmm. He could do that. There, no problem. He knows how to preheat the oven now. He can, he knows to put the mix in a bowl. He knows to mix the ingredients together. He knows to put liners in the cupcake pan. Um, and he knows how to set the timer. Now, it's taken a while for us to get there. And those are things that I used to come and help and do at the school. I would, I would get to come and maybe do cooking with the kids. And I was learning how to teach them. How do they read what it says on the box? What does it mean? And each person kind of got to do a different part. So I will say, I think I've learned, and it's not my strongest um, suit is patience. <laughs> I'm right there with For you. Sure. Right. <laughs> um, but to really sit back and I'm trying to teach that to my kids, Kendall's a lot like me. She'll ask the question, but she won't wait for the answer. Mm -hmm. So waiting for that answer, because it does take a second to really process, or sometimes I have to reword the question. You know, I really have become very good at that as well. Somebody may ask Brayden a question. He'll answer the question sometimes based off the very first word. So if you said how and you went on 
he might think you were going to say, how old are you? And already had answered the question before <laughs> you finished, yeah. finished it. So, you know, I have to make sure I said, now, hang on, listen to what I'm saying before we do anything. So really trying to kind of break those sensories down. So he's not trying to do too many things at once and not really hearing what someone's saying or how to respond correctly. So those are learning things, mm-hmm. but he's learned a lot along the way. I can remember us having no words to learning. I, I, he went from saying a couple words to no words to saying he loves Thomas the Tank Engine and he would say Sir Topham Hat, but he couldn't say mom. And I thought, oh. if you can say Sir Topham Hat, <laughs> by God, you can us. say mom. <laughs> Yeah. So I found out quickly that he, you have to really hone in and sometimes it's really hard on what they like and how can you use what they like to learn what you're trying to teach them. Mm -hmm. So quickly I thought, all right, here we went to potty training, right? I kind of thought, oh my gosh, he's never going to potty train. (laughs) And my mom searched and searched and searched before they ever really became popular. She searched for a Thomas the Tank Engine potty chair. And he went in that one time and never had an accident after that. Gosh, bless you. (laughs) I wish I was in that case. (laughs) I know. And same thing. We wanted to teach him how to ride a bike, which is a struggle. Body my Thomas the Tank Engine bike, and boy, he was on that bike in no time. That's so cute. Gosh, so, that flashed memories back to me. We we went through a, a Percy Thomas Sir Topham yes. Hat phase too, and oh my gosh, that seems like forever ago. It was a teaching moment, but I uh-huh. also had to eventually take them away. Um, I mm-hmm. found out quickly that it was also a hindrance that he was so into it. And of course, we as parents and you know we love and we invest in what our kids love in so before you know it you have shirts underwear books toys movies whatever and finally he was so consumed and of course the therapists are saying you know use those things and eventually I thought I need to take him away because he doesn't pay attention to anything else that I'm trying to teach him and before I knew it, I did um, I did it where he wasn't painted, you know, knowing that I took them away, but they were just kind of missing. And it, you could see him kind of look up like, wow, there's trees in the sky <laughs> and there's other things that, that are going on. So you have to really gauge and really um, pay attention to, is it a teaching thing or is it maybe keeping them from learning something that they need? Like he, all the kids at school have iPads or a Chromebook. He doesn't have one because I know it would be a distraction. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to bring back the Thomas trance that he was in. No. I kind of worry that <laughs> we're in that same boat, I think, with Sesame Street still. But it's the only thing that gets his attention. The thing for us that was always frustrating, even if it was Thomas or anything else, when I was trying to potty train him, the millions of times I've tried to potty train him, he does not care enough about anything for a reinforcement or a reward. Um, You know, parents over the years have said, oh, my kid loves, you know, to push buttons. So every time they would use the potty, I would let them go and push the garage door um, up and down or whatever. I can't, I tell you, I could take away all of his Thomas, all of his Elmo's, whatever it is at the time. 
and say, okay, well, if you go to the bathroom, we can, you know, have, have a Thomas train or whatever. And he would just look at me like, yeah, I'm good. I mean, seriously, right. he could not care less. He doesn't like candy. He doesn't like, you wow. know, there's nothing that I can come up with that therapists have been able to come up with over the years to motivate him. He just doesn't care. I'm like, man, I mean, I'm kind of <laughs> impressed like, with his, <laughs> with his ability to just be so strong willed that he's like, I don't care. But oh, it's gosh. really and a hindrance. Strong willed. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I, it's funny now that we're kind of like talking about, you know, one of the things I think as you introduced yourself that you have written a book kind of along your journey. And I'm envious because I think, gosh, I wish I would have written things down, like things that he said or things that he did <laughs> or things that you thought you would never work through, like him walking on his tippy toes. But Braden used to talk in a really high pitched tone. He would talk like this. And I would remember he would learn better. One, if you talked maybe in a different voice or if you sang something and I would go talk in your low voice and he would listen <laughs> to me. Otherwise he probably would just not even pay attention to what I was saying. Mm -hmm. And he, he would do it. But if I needed to grab his attention, they're so musically inclined or it seems like the mass majority of yeah. them are, mm -hmm. I would sing it instead of say it. And it would, you would, you could see him kind of turn his head, like, wait a second, that was different. And it grabbed his attention. Of course. I have um, almost an entire chapter devoted to that in my book. <laughs> the songs <laughs> awesome. that my husband and I make up about food, about the bathroom, <laughs> about you name it. We, and you'd be amazed how many, um, songs like the the uh the the beat of a song how well the qdoba ingredients go well to yes. every song on the radio or whatever and that's the only thing that gets him like giggling cackling you know sometimes he laughs so hard he cries because i mean they're just so dumb but we we definitely are not shy about making ourselves look silly and absolutely don't care because if it, if it elicits um you know a belly laugh or a good time out of him, it's worth it. I, I could care less what we're singing about. Absolutely. So, but you're right. I mean, music is one of the only things, you know, that he has really enjoyed over the years, but you know, it's funny. You, you said, you told me that too, about just writing things down, but I think it's, it's interesting too, because I have files after files after files that I actually didn't even have to reference any of them. Wow. when I was writing it, because even just in talking today, I bet we hang up from this podcast and you start thinking about things from when he was young. You just don't mm -hmm. forget those things. It's kind no, of how you don't. started, you know, our conversation with just the mother's intuition, the mother's feelings and emotions. You just never forget that stuff, any of it. Mm -hmm. It's amazing where you can pull that from. So um, I encourage you write a book. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> oh, cathartic to get it all down. And, um, you know, it's just, I hope that it's so helpful sharing your story on the podcast and, you know, the books that are out and just all of these things with people who are just starting their journey. Um, oh, no. it, it just, you know, you don't it, forget it. No, you don't. And Brayden is so different than Skylar and so many other kids that just because, you know, our situation is a little more severe than yours, parents can find along the way things that we tried, maybe things that you've tried and they'll, it'll just give them some ideas, you know, things that we wish we would have had when we were diagnosed, because like you, we didn't know anybody that had the same autism diagnosis or anything about it. Mm -hmm. So we paved the way for ourselves 
So I yeah. just hope that it's helpful for people. I I agree. I I think one of the things I've learned a lot, even just sitting and digesting just in the past year. Mm-hmm. And I explained it to our vice principal because I'm I'm trying to work on something else I would like to have added to our school to start at our school, but to eventually spread throughout our county. Our school does an amazing job. I said, but we can always be better. And so I'm thinking ahead and just how to advocate in a way I never thought I never looked at myself as an advocate, but Braden has taught me so much more than I've ever taught him. People might disagree with that, but as a mom to sit and look at, you know, if I lived in Braden's world, Braden's happy in the moment. He doesn't care if other people have something he doesn't. He can put a smile on anybody's face anytime, whether they're mad, you know, having a bad day. Um, I mean, I've just, I've got stories that I could just relate to that. And, and to sit back and go, man, if we all lived in Braden's world, what a great world it would be. Yep. You know, so you don't look at necessarily the things that they can't do. You really start to think that way. And so I didn't always look at it always in that light. I just never really sat back and thought about it. But, you know, I, like I talked about being patient, I think was a huge key. Um, but being consistent was another one. Um, you, you have to be consistent. And I really, anytime a therapist, if they gave me something that pushed Braden forward, I was all over it. But if somebody, whether it was a doctor or a naysayer or whatever, if they said he will not or he cannot do this, watch out because I'm going to make sure he can. Don't, don't tell don't set the limit for him. And I, I would say for any parent, especially newly diagnosed, I know it's overwhelming, but you're the advocate and no one is going to give your child more than you're ever going to give them. No therapist, no doctor, they can do if you believe that they can, yes. I think is the best way to say that. Love not that. Gonna say it's gonna I, be easy. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> and it's not. But you know, I mean, 18 years later, you're you're such an inspiration. You really are. I mean, it's let alone it's difficult to raise a special needs child or neurotypical children, but to have three um, <laughs> and trying to do everything that you're doing, plus working full time and everything else. You know, I think you you said it best just now that they teach us so much more than we could ever. Uh, hope and pray to teach them. And, mm-hmm. you know, from the beginning, when you mentioned too, that it's so important to focus on the day, focus on every single day and trying to get the most out of them and, and that everyone is the happiest living their best life and not worry about, you know, having to do 18 year old things, guardianships and social security and all of this stuff that you have to worry about. Yes. Just let them be four, let them be five, let them be six, let them, you know, just do all of the things at that age that other kids are doing and just do your best to make sure they're happy and they go to bed happy. Yeah, that's pretty easy to do because they're usually happy most of the time. They really are. You know, granted, they are like any other person. They want to do what they want to do. But just the pure joy, you know, I have people talk. So one thing 
I didn't really talk about today was something that I was trying to kind of work past myself. And occasionally I would make videos of Brayden, something he might've learned at school today, or um, he came home from a track practice and I asked him about it and I asked him how long he ran. And I want to say he said something like 30 miles, which clearly he did not run 30 miles, you know, and so it's, it's funny and it, but you know, my mom has been a huge advocate and pusher for Brayden his whole life. And she also holds him, we all hold him to a pretty high bar, but she's also been one of those people who has kind of gotten on me about, you know, he would go to church Sunday school and I would say, I just want to let you know he is autistic. And she would say, why do you tell people that? And I said, I don't want him to be looked like he doesn't listen when he doesn't want to sit at the table with the other kids or he doesn't want to color with the other children that he's not just not not listening there's a reason behind it I'm equipping them and I'm protecting him you know in that situation and and so when I started to make some of these videos and I would post while I'm incredibly grateful for the things that she's teaching him are always saying you could do this or we could do this and let's do this so that we can continue to keep pushing him. She would say, don't post that. He didn't answer the question correctly. And I said, mom, my goal for this is to show people if I can teach another new mom, it's okay. Or this is my life. I'm not going to make it look any different than it is. This is what I deal with every single day. And it's okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to make it something it's not. So, you know, we decided to do, I decided, people kept saying, please post another Brayden video. I love Brayden and I've never (laughs) met him before. And it's so funny. So it, it got me kind of thinking. And before I knew it, at the beginning of this year, when you sit down and you're writing your goals and different things for my business and, you know, even for our family, I came home from a jewelry party and (laughs) I was dressed and I said, Brayden, I I was kind of, I'm afraid of, I wouldn't say I was afraid, but I was definitely not looking forward to doing Facebook lives. And I thought, well, why couldn't you do a Facebook live with Brayden? People would love it. And he had done a couple of them with me before. And so he really caught on. At first he said he was nervous, which is kind of interesting to hear him express that because that's kind of hard. And then he really started liking that people were commenting. So I decided we were going to throw out our big goal and just kind of share off the cuff. You never know where the conversation will lead. So we occasionally do um, a live. I said, well, we're going to introduce ourselves as the, as Braden and Amy show. And he said, I don't want to call you Amy. And I said, oh, okay, well, what do you want to call me? And he said, it's the Braden and my mom show. Okay. So it's now officially the Braden and my mom show. (laughs) (laughs) So we do Facebook lives. We don't have them set for a certain time, just kind of whenever it's, on the cuff, depending on what we want to talk about. Sometimes they're five minutes and sometimes they're 25 minutes and just kind of sharing what is going on in our life or whatever comes off um, 
what he's thinking about that day and kind of rolling with it and just really kind of showing his personality and hopefully just educating people. I, I think that that has kind of become a platform that I kind of like is just he teaches people so much that if we could just continue to educate in a really positive way. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's all that we can do and, and you're doing it through so many avenues. And again, like, um, you know, you getting so much from him, I think mm -hmm. the best buddies program, so many of those kids are benefiting, um, on both sides with what the program like that and, and just really making a big public um, acknowledgement of, you know, relationships and inclusion. And I mean, that's all we can hope to do and we'll be doing it for mm -hmm. the rest of their lives. And yes. hopefully it impacts every community um, when people are vocal like you have been. So um, I just cannot thank you enough for, for taking time to talk to me. And um, I'm just so thankful to my adorable friend, Monica, <laughs> for <laughs> introducing us. Um, and um, yeah, and I, I just want to catch back up with you in the future. I know you've got some big things in the works. Um, so I'd love to talk about those um, more into the adult future for, for Braden too. So um, thank you so much, Amy. Oh, thank you so much. I, I love being able to connect to other parents who are, walk the walk that we do. It's enlightening. We learn from each other. And um, I really just appreciate you letting us come on and share our story. And it's, it is different every day, but honestly, I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> yes, I love meeting other parents <laughs> and connecting. I mean, the stories that we could all share is just, it would take days and days and days, but um, it's just nice to have a support system in the same town that <laughs> we don't even know are there. So <laughs> that's <know>. huge. <laughs> so thanks again. Have a great rest of your day. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Lori. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Living the Sky Life and will tune in for the next episode coming soon. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Living the Sky Life podcast within Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play so you'll receive alerts when new episodes are released. Subscribing is the best way to ensure you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, be sure to select the five-star rating, provide feedback, and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for listening.